The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. The next stop on the StarCityGames.com Open Series is coming up soon. On April 23rd and 24th, join hundreds of other players to battle it out in the standard Legacy and Draft Opens and compete for the glory, the money, and the prestige of moving up the ranks in the StarCityGames.com Players Club. With side events galore and live coverage courtesy of SCG Live, it'll be an action-packed weekend that you won't want to miss. So make plans to join StarCityGames.com in Boston, and we'll see you there. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 62 of Yo! MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco. Big Head Joe, how's it going? We have so much to talk about right now, and uh, basically, let's uh, let's just jump into these topics. GP Dallas happened this weekend, and it has fueled a controversy. <laughs> uh, not for anything specifically controversial that happened at the GP, but more for the fact that there were 32 copies of Jace the Mind Sculptor in the top eight. Also... 32 copies of Preordained, but no one seems to be having too many um, <laughs> mixed feelings about that. Um, A twitch reversy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, David Shields wins GP Dallas this past weekend with Blue-White Callblade. Uh, shocker. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the top eight consisted of four rug decks and four Callblade decks. Again, not too shocking. I guess the... The news of the tournament is the fact that there were so many Jason the Mind Sculptors in the top eight, and apparently in the top 16, uh, where there are a potentially 64 copies of Jace, there were 60. Right. So that's, I guess, even more disgusting to some people, I guess. Uh, and I, I gotta say, it does turn my stomach a little bit, as much as I love Jace. Um, it's kind of shocking. Um, so... Ted Knutson, who uh, was a, a former editor of Star City Games, he, among other things, um, he has recently started a blog, and he wrote a post this morning uh, called Jace the Mind Sculptor, Will You Please Go Now? Uh, the topic of ban Jace has come up from time to time since last year when he was printed, when people started realizing. Basically, it was like when he was 20 bucks, nobody was claiming ban Jace. 25 no. 35 probably not. But when he started getting, you know, over $60, $70, which was pretty quick, I think that's started some people on it. And, um, you know, that's that's another argument some people are making is are people are some people out there claiming he should be banned just because they don't have any and they don't want to buy them. You know, that's that's one thing. Um, but the main argument is that he's obviously format warping. So right. um, <clears throat> the other thing just to uh, just to kind of prime the uh, the discussion here. The topic has come up even in recent weeks on on our show uh, about banning Stoneforge Mystic or even possibly Squadron Hawk. Although I don't think there's been a lot of talk about that. It's been mostly, I, from what I could tell, from what I've seen, it's been all about Stoneforge Mystic recently until right. until Dallas, and now it's Ban Jace. So, uh, what do you have to say about it, Joe? So far, like, um, well, first of all, um, <clears throat> we didn't mention the winners of the tournament, did we? I did mention uh, David Shields won. Oh, you did? Okay. I, I did not mention the rest of the top eight. Um, okay, well, it was just a quick shout-out to Alex Bertoncini um, yeah. for top eighting with Rug, uh, holding Jace the Mind Sculptor in his player profile picture, by the way. Now that we've brought it up, I guess let's bring up the top eight real quick. Alex no Bertoncini. way! No yeah, way! Alex now, Bertoncini. screw those other guys. They're jerks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
Uh, so the top eight was Alex Bertoncini, Oren Beasley, Austin Bursevich, Michael Jacob, uh, Owen Turtenwald, Corey McDuffie, Josh Utterlayton, and David Shields. Uh, a lot of it was a lot of really good <laughs> players in that top eight. A lot of awesome players. Owen's yeah. the man, but I, you know, I just wanted to be a smart ass. Yeah, but, uh. got it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I'm used to it. So okay, so ban Jace the Mind Sculptor, ban Stone Forge Mystic. Are, are, do you think either of those are? Uh, I guess, how, what's your opinion on, on either of those? Okay. Um, Stoneforge Mystic, I want to talk about first of all, just kind of to retouch on how I feel about that. Um, okay. Okay. First, let me start everything off by saying I don't think either card should be banned. Okay? okay. Personally, I don't think either card should be banned. I think that both cards are, you know, you can deal with both cards in, in certain ways, you know? Um, I mean, there are ways to deal with them. I don't feel like <clears throat> Jace is that hard to deal with. I'm sorry. Uh, Lightning Bolt seems to do all right. Um, and a million other answers, like turn creatures sideways that, uh, you know, you have out. I don't know. Um, but Stoneforge Mystic, to me, seems to be the most likely target for a ban by Wizards, um, at least before this weekend. And the reason for that is that it's a tutor, and Wizards has a history of banning tutors before anything else, right? Okay. Agree? Um, I I know what you mean. You're thinking of what, like survival of the fittest? Survival, legacy. mystical tutor, just all kinds of different tutors. Just tutors just get banned, right? More often than any any other cards. Factor Fiction was banned for a while, right? Uh, I think so, but that's not really a tutor. It's just a draw spell. I don't even know, like, where – I guess uh, I don't have, like, a history of the bannings and uh, the – whether we're talking standard, legacy, what. You know, th- different formats call for different kind of things. But I get what you're saying. But So, so you know, go ahead. So, anyway, um, with, with a third sword coming out that basically says, my Stoneforge Mystic lets me search up the answer to your deck, whatever it might be, you know, like, I think that that's a pretty strong effect that uh, that w- would most likely see a ban. Um Jason Mind Sculptor, um, I don't think it should be banned. I want it to be banned, um, mostly because I'm trying to pick up two for my legacy deck and don't want to uh, pick them up at standard legal prices. Right. So basically, <laughs> so, you're saying I'm impatient and or poor. <laughs> some combination right. of the two. Right. Because yes. you could wait until they rotate it out of standard in the fall. But, Right, but I want them for Team America now, right. um, and uh, and I don't want to have to trade for them at ninety bucks. Right, uh, so it is about the price. For me, it isn't because I think the card is too expensive. I think the card is correctly priced because right. it is that powerful. But you'd have a benefit from that, yeah. But I, I would have a. Uh, it's a, it's totally selfish, greedy reasons why I want Jace the Mind Sculptor to be banned in standard. I want to be able to get them cheaper than they are right now, and I don't want to wait until they rotate to do so. So that's really it for me. Um, I mean, obviously, the combination of abilities on Jace are ridiculous. Um, and I just feel like we're, like, why does this keep coming up? Why are we even having this conversation right now, you know? Like, that's what I want to know. Like, I don't know. It's like, well, don't you think they would have banned it, like, how come, like, everybody, like, jumped down our throats when we were talking about banning Bloodbraid Elf last year? Yeah. And everyone's doing the same exact thing with Jace. I don't know. It just seems silly. Right. With doesn't like to ban cards in standard anymore. And I don't know if they'll do anything, frankly. I don't know. Right. I, so here's some uh, interesting things. Uh, of course, we're going to link Ted Nudson's article 
in the uh, in the show notes. But um, there are some interesting comments on it. And I guess the question, the first question is, why ever ban a card? Because of course, banning is something that nobody really wants, right? Nobody wants their cards to the cards that they're playing with to be taken away. Nobody, you know, Wizards obviously does not want to ban cards. Um, so banning itself is just in general, a completely, like, last resort kind of situation. So sure. when, when things are banned, we have to figure out why they're banned. Um, you know, people will say it's because of an unhealthy format. What does that mean? You know, like, what is an unhealthy format? Um, I'm looking at Skullclamp, the article for when uh, that Aaron Forsyth wrote when Skullclamp was banned. And just quickly to read this paragraph, uh, he says... Let's talk about Standard. Skullclamp was banned in Standard, frankly, because it was everywhere. Every competitive deck either had four in the main deck, had four in the sideboard, or was built to try and defend against it. And there were a lot more successful decks in the first two categories than in the third. Such representation is completely unhealthy for the format. Your deck has to either have skull clamps or have skull clamp in its crosshairs, a definitive case of a card warping the metagame. Right. So that paragraph... I guess gives us a lot of insight into why a card would be would be banned. And uh, someone commented, uh, let's see, someone named Adam commented on Ted's article, uh, replacing the word skull clamp with Jace. So you have Jace was banned in standard because it was everywhere. Every competitive deck either had four in the main deck, four in the sideboard, or was built to try and defend against it. There were a lot more successful decks in the first two categories than in the third. Uh, such representation is completely unhealthy for the format. Your deck has, has to either have Jace's or have Jace in its crosshairs. A definitive case of the card warping the metagame. That doesn't really sound very strange, does it? No. You know, so... Uh, it doesn't sound like they, you know, they didn't use, like, quag vampires. You know, they didn't replace it with quag vampires. That, that, that's true. That would have been kind of an awkward paragraph. <laughs> It'd be like, uh, no, I don't think this is 100% accurate. Yes. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> <laughs> but that so, sounds kind of like what's going on. Right, it does. Know? It does. So if that's the definition of an unhealthy format, or, or it's at least the definition, according to Aaron, of a card warping the metagame, uh, Jace definitely falls into that category. So does that mean he needs to be banned? I mean, I, if, is that the only criteria? The, the other, I guess the, the points, the other points to think about, there are only six months left. Uh, that is half a year. That's quite a long time. And, of course, people aren't going to necessarily quit for six months and then come back. As Ted points out in his article, uh, it's, if someone were to say, I'm just going to quit and come back when Jace is gone, um, you're going to lose a lot of players who just, you know, they, they quit cold turkey and then don't come back because they're no longer addicted, I suppose, is a, uh, <laughs> the best analogy there. Um, if there are players out there saying, I'm quitting because of Jace, and then I'm going to come back. That you're unlikely to get a lot of those guys back. So that that seems like, you know, a relevant counter argument to the only six months left kind of thing. Um, the the big problem though that I see is that Planeswalkers and Jace specifically, I think, they're they're the face of the game now. Right. They've made Planeswalkers specifically into the face of the game, and they've used Jace's face all over everything. Like, he is the face of the game. If, if there were one Planeswalker that is the face of the game, it's Jace. And to ban Jace would be a pretty big PR uh, mess, I think. Well, I mean, to be fair, Jace Bellerin is still legal. That's true. And so Jace can still be the face of the, of, 
of magic without Jace the Mind Sculptor being legal because there are two Jaces in standard. You know right. what I mean? No, and that's a good um, point. That's a very good point. Yeah, and I don't, you know, but I see what you're saying, too. I mean, they definitely did hype the hell out of Jace the Mind Sculptor. Right. And for good reason. It's one of the most insanely awesome cards they have given us, you know, as a new card in so long, you know? Right, right. It'd be like a kid for, like a kid in 1989, like their friends all get Nintendos and you get a Wii for Christmas. <laughs> You're like, what is this? The controller doesn't have a wire and I can point at the screen and shoot things? Oh my god! Like... You want and then the kid's like, you want to come see my new video game? I can jump across little things and jump on turtles, and it's just like, yeah, but I have like this wand of power in my hand that I'm going to destroy you all with, you so know? Like you're basically saying that Jace is from the future, and we'll see him reprinted in 2028. Is that what you're saying? I hope so, because then, like, if I, for some reason, get rid of the Jaces that I put in my Legacy deck, a reprint will drop the price again. There you go. Planeswalkers, though, in general, are the face of the game, and it would be pretty bad if they were to decide to ban one of them, I think. Um, So that seems like a bad idea. You know, on top of the whole idea that banning in general is bad, because Wizards is just saying, we made a mistake, um, and... This is very likely not the last mistake we'll make, so it, it, it kind of shakes consumer confidence, right? Because people can say, I'm afraid to get to, to buy into this game because wizards may go, oh, we, we made a mistake and we're going to invalidate your deck and invalidate the money that you put into it because you built a deck with these cards. And especially something like, Jace, that's the other the other big Elephant in the room is his price. He's the most expensive card we've ever seen in Standard. Yeah. And and Wizards is going to say, we're going to ban it. And all those people, those people aren't mad because they spent $5 each on some skull clamps or, or uh, blood braid elves. You know, there's people out there buying Jaces now for right. $75, $85, $90. 90 on Star City, right? I right. checked the price this morning to see if, like, it maybe it jumped from the results or maybe dropped from the controversy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but, you know, the simple fact is, if you fear a banning, you can move those cards now. You know what I mean? Oh, that's like, true. That's true. But I, I'm just trying to say, like, the fact that the card costs so much to people on the secondary market, this is going to be, if they were to ban Jace, I feel like it would be, this isn't a skull clamp banning. This isn't an emergency memory jar banning. This isn't a blood braid elf banning that you know people were calling for last year. Uh, you know, this that's it's not some uncommon that's really good. This or, is the mythic rare that right. they've ever printed. Right. Like, this isn't a mythic rare even. This is the mythic rare. That's the that's a very good point. You know, this is the card. It's not only defining standard as we're saying. It's warping standard, but the price matches it. Yeah, and it, I mean, it doesn't even define standard. It doesn't define, you know, the price of cards. It defines the definition. It, it is the definition of mythic rare. Yeah. Defines the definition. That was really bad. Yeah, but whatever. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I get what you mean. It's not scripted, you know. Yeah, this is not scripted. Wait, did, <laughs> did, did, I, you, did I mess I, up that you, line? I think you might have. You might no. have to go back and do that one again. Okay. So, uh... <laughs> Anyway, 
I just I think that's huge. I think the price is another huge thing because so now Wizards not only do they that they're really they've kind of painted themselves into a corner here because banning is terrible. Banning a planeswalker puts an added layer of you know this is a bad idea kind of thing, you know bad PR because this is the face of our game. Um, banning a mythic rare also adds another layer of complexity. Banning the mythic rare, the most expensive card we've ever seen in standard. This is terrible idea every which way you can look at it, except it makes the format more playable. Right. right. Does that, I mean, that, that seems like the only positive of it. Now, how big is that positive compared to all those negatives? Yeah, I don't know. That's the question. Um, we, you know, we have our tagline, stop bitch and start brewing, and we've used it in response to this sort of thing before. And people are tweeting that on Twitter, you know, quoting us on Twitter with, uh, you know, ban Jace, no, just stop bitch and start brewing. Um, and Sam Stoddard actually replied saying that kind of comment really only applies in a format large enough to find solutions. Well, my answer to that is we have a new set coming out in a matter of weeks. And we at least have one answer in there with Hex Parasite. Um, I think that's a pretty solid answer. Hex Parasite is an artifact rare. It's a 1-1 one, one for 1. It's an artifact creature insect. Um, it has the ability X and then a Phyrexian Black, uh, which, if, again, if you haven't heard the spoilers, this is mana you can either pay a black or you can pay two life. Uh, so... This, although it does have a black activation cost, you don't have to play black. You don't have to have access to black mana to get this ability. Um, it's pay X and a black or X and two life. Target a permanent. Remove up to X counters from that permanent. Hex Parasite gains plus one plus zero until end of turn for each counter removed this way. So uh, here's an answer to planeswalkers, among other things. This is something that, you know, Joe and I actually were just talking about before the show, uh, before we started recording, is that it also neuters Tumble Magnet, neuters Everflowing Chalice, um, and it's tutorable with Trinket Mage. That's the most obvious thing that, you know, popped out to me besides this is the answer. I don't even think, oh, this is an answer to planeswalkers. I think oh, this is an answer to Jace. That's exactly <laughs> the first thought that popped into my head. After that was, you know, this is, I can grab this with Trinket Mage. Um, and basically, here here is an, one of the answers, and maybe the only answer in New Phyrexia that we'll get, uh, the only most, you know, very obvious answer that we get, but I think this is a really good answer to Planeswalkers, specifically Jace. I mean, it can do this ability without tapping. It does not need to attack to do this. Right. Uh, go ahead. I, I don't agree, um, with at least with it being a suitable answer to Jace. The simple reason is that um, Jace is obviously versatile in as much as it has four abilities as opposed to every other Planeswalker having three. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, right now, people go Jace Brainstorm or Jace Bounce. If, peop- if one's Hex Parasite comes out, people are just going to go Jace Fate Seal. That's and then you're going to need six mana to deal with Jace instantly. And six mana, obviously, is a lot less than two that uh, the um, – what's it called? Um, uh, the, well, the Vampire, uh, Vampire Hexmage. Hexmage? Yeah. yeah. Vampire Hexmage costs two black, and that hasn't proven to be the answer to Jace. And it does just go two black, kill Jace right away. You know, it costs two mana less – 
You know what I mean? Like you're actually gaining mana value, but for some reason it just hasn't worked out that way. They play a Jace on turn four. Even if you're on the the play, on your turn five, you're going to go land. I mean, they're going to go Fate Seal, right? Well, that's that. You, you, I have a response to what you're saying here. Sure, sure. Um, but I'm saying, like, then then they you go, you know, land, Hex Parasite, remove four counters. And so far, it's cost you two life to do so, mm-hmm. you know, um, or, or, or black mana, but you're not going to... I, I understand it. what you're saying. You have to, then you've only removed three counters if you have five mana. Exactly. Right. I get you. No, it's not a... Arguably, Jace's weakest ability is Fate Seal. And, and, and another thing, Jace is traditionally weak to red decks because of things like Lightning Bolt. So what I'm trying to say is making someone go Jace Fate Seal or Jace Scry, you know, whatever, depending on whose deck you target, uh, you're, you're setting them back. That's, that's having an effect on Jace. Um, and obviously, as we've said, turning creatures sideways seems like a good idea. So if you're going to go, all right, Hex Parasite, uh, remove... So, so you fate sealed. So hex parasite remove four counters from your jace, right? So now your jace is at one counter. So right. now their answer is okay. Bounce hex parasite and lose my jace. Seems like a bad idea. Uh, fate seal again, and then the hex parasite just kills jace next turn. Uh, tr- get a brainstorm out of it, and hex parasite just kills jace next turn. Like it's really you still put them on in a bad situation. Hex parasite is dealing with jace by itself. Um, and uh, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're make you're forcing them to use Jace in a really kind of crappy way. Do you want to pay four mana for, um, for a fate seal, you know, like really, uh, right, but, or even but, four mana for a brainstorm. But in that time between the turn you fate seal and the turn they play hex parasite, um, right. You have to spend a turn killing Jace or, or, or maybe sure. more. Depending you, on what else you have out. If you have, like, th- that's the other thing is hopefully you're playing more cards than Hex Parasite. So maybe you can take four counters off Jace or take three counters off Jace and then hit him with a Goblin Guide or something like that. You know, like, you can, or whatever else you may have, uh, Lightning Bolt him, you know, anything else that you have available, you can also use towards getting rid of Jace. The the thing is, I think he's a, it's a really strong answer, and it, forcing them to Fate Seal is already going a long way to answer, because if you don't have Hex Parasite, now they just wasted a turn. They kind of wasted a Brainstorm, which is usually what people want to do with Jace, um, because they're afraid of you playing Hex Parasite. Uh, yeah, but, but I mean, he's still. Uh, I don't want I, Jace shouldn't be neutered entirely. Like, you know what I mean? He's people just p- saying that uh, they're going to print some answers or this is an answer to them to him doesn't mean everybody ha- should have access to a zero mana. Uh, this card starts in your hand. Jace, the mind sculptor, can't be played. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's really kind of uh, it, it's an answer. It's another answer, and it's a good answer. Right, I. I mean, you have that extra turn, though, between the time that they play Hex Parasite and then you either brainstorm into a Day of Judgment or you, you know, brainstorm into, like, a, a, a removal spell, like a Doom Blade or something. Lord knows what you're playing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there are ways – I don't know. It's, I, I, I don't think Hex Parasite is the answer. I don't think it's a silver bullet, you know? like, And, and I know that, like, if sta- – if, if, the the way that the standard players are reacting right now, it seems as though standard needs either a silver bullet for Jace or a ban to make players happy. 
I don't actually have a firm opinion on whether or not he should be banned. Um, I, I know you love the card. Right, I, I mean, love the card. Here's here's my opinion. Actually, first, just to again say something that I, I kind of wanted to to respond about the hex parasite. It's not about you said about having a silver bullet. Um, right. I don't think it's it's about having a silver bullet. It's just another card that helps. I mean, it, as we we were just saying, hex parasite is good against a number of things. It also helps. Uh, it saves your creatures from infect from minus one minus one counters that they may have gotten from blocking an infect creature. So there are other uses. It isn't pithing needle that just comes down and goes jace, and then they don't ever draw their jace. So your pithing needle did nothing. It's a card that that it also attacks. Um, also removes counters from ever flowing chalice and tumble magnets. You know, it neuters these other cards. So it's not like uh, it's the point is it makes Jace weaker by forcing someone to to come down and say Fate Seal. It makes Jace weaker in the same way that Lightning Bolt makes Jace weaker. Sure. Right. Okay. So that's that's what I wanted to say quickly about Hex Parasite. I don't mm-hmm. think they're. I you know you're saying people want a silver bullet and that may be correct. I'm not calling Hex Parasite the silver bullet. I'm saying it's another card that every color has access to now. That's you know. Lightning Bolt is only available to red players. So right. this is available to all colors, and it is a card that makes Jace weaker, and that's what I'm. Uh, that's all I'm calling it. Anyway, on to what I think. I think the format is boring, and I guess boring, you could also take that as unhealthy. However, I feel like that has only been the case for the past uh, two months. So it's been two months since Paris, and... If you would have talked to somebody on February 8th, they would not have told you Standard was boring, right? It wasn't right. boring right away. It was started to get boring when, in the subsequent weeks, we started seeing Callblade, Esper Callblade, Callblade with Red, you know, Sparkblade, Darkblade, whatever you want to call it, the variations. Jace had been around, you know, by my calculations, about a year before we saw Callblade make the format boring. Before that... What was making standard, quote, boring, I thought, was Primeval Titan. Right. You know, uh, if anybody was complaining about standard being boring, I mean, and and Smitty is constantly com- complaining about Valakut. He's saying, I hope Jace isn't banned. That'll make Valakut better. I hate Valakut. Like, you know, and uh, so Valakut obviously hinging on Primeval Titan. Um, right. So I don't feel like I was hearing a whole lot of chatter about ban Jace a couple months ago before Callblade was uh was big you know i don't feel like that was really it was it was certainly not anything like this maybe the answer is ban kibler (laughs) (laughs) or blame kibler as the shirt says right see there you go (laughs) but uh, even kibler's you know he's playing blue black infect but anyway (laughs) right 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 yeah he he went what what are you talking about i had nothing to do with it look i got this cute infect deck right so (laughs) he's trying to distance himself from uh call go but anyway, there, that's another answer, right? Call Go was was debuted at Worlds. From what I remember, Jace was in that deck. So it was a good deck. And Kibler was playing it in San Jose. And in San Jose, uh, you know, for Star City Games San Jose, that is, uh, I was there and talking to Kibler on SCG Live, and he convinced me even more that it was a good deck. There were no Stoneforge Mystics or Swords in that deck, of course, that was just as uh, Mirrodin Besieged was being spoiled. So we didn't have uh, Sword of Feast and Famine yet, which I think was really the card that that made that deck possible. But anyway, 
what I'm saying is no one was or, – or this whole band Jace thing was very kind of uh, maybe slight murmurs coming from some people. But I don't feel like people were talking about banning Jace before Paris in in this – or not to this degree. That's my point. So what exactly is it that's making Standard boring now? I don't think it's Jace. I think it's, it's Stoneforge Mystic. Now, not to say that that's what should be banned, but Standard becomes a stale format, usually just before the release of a new set. Right. You know? That's true. It, it, it starts to get solved. Right, exactly. Especially the smaller it is. So, when Scars of Mirrodin came out, came out Valakut was the strongest deck because people hadn't even played with Scars of Mirrodin, really. Scars of Mirrodin had a bigger effect on the format because of what left than what came in. And that's, true. I think, true of any big set because it pushes so much out. Right? right. So Standard got really kind of boring before Mirrodin Besieged came out because it was getting to the point where it was matured. It was the smallest that Standard has been the, in the last year, in the previous year, because until uh, – or since the time when Zendikar was released. So now Mirrodin Besieged has been out for a little while and – Fortunately slash unfortunately, I guess depending on your your viewpoint, uh, Callblade was one of the first additions to the format after Mirrodin Besiege was released. Right. Right, because Paris was a week after the release, and that was actually one of the topics we were saying about how does this affect the the Paris metagame because the availability of cards, etc. So... Of course, the format is going to seem stale right now and boring. This is something that happens every few months because the the format does get to the point where it's, you know, quote, solved. But we have a new set coming out. We do have New Phyrexia on the horizon, and that's going to shake things up and make things less boring. Another thing to think about is that Besieged affected Standard in a way that no middle set had really done in a while. That's true. It was a really strong... You know, they had a strong showing in Standard immediately. Immediately had a huge impact on Standard. Right. Tezzeret was was one of the other big players, of course. Right. People were really eager to try these cards out. What happened, because people embraced this set so fully and so immediately, is that Standard got solved very quickly with Besieged in the format. Mm -hmm. And now the third thing to keep in mind is that, unless this is the second thing I mentioned, is that New Phyrexia is coming out in May, right? Right. New Phyrexia is coming out almost a full month later than any previous third set. Right. And, And so that means... That since the format was solved so early and that, you know, people tried so many things with the new set and figured out what worked and what didn't so quickly, we have a whole extra month of this same format that we haven't had. Right. So, like, you know, Alara Reborn came out, um, you know, in April or whatever. And then this set's... Rise of the Eldrazi was the last third set. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm skipping a whole year back. Yeah. But, no, uh, <laughs> it's weird because Eldrazi was, was a third set, but it was a big set, so it was very strange there. But, yeah, go ahead. And and so but, – but anyway, we only had the World Wake standard format for about two months, and nothing really changed when World Wake came out because people were still just playing – 
um, playing Jund, but you didn't see any bans happen then. Right. There was the whole, you know, controversy about whether Bloodbraid Elf should be banned. Right. And that I tried to fuel a little bit. Yeah. In full disclosure. Uh, <laughs> you know, because uh, I was pretty frustrated with it. Um, but anyway, all that happened. And nothing got banned, you know. But then we had we had Rise of the Eldrazi, which was a, was a crazy set. It didn't really change a lot about Jund, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right after that, we had M11 come out. Which had a lot of crazy stuff in it, you know, yeah. and it's so like there were just all these different, like I, w- I wouldn't say big shifts because Jund, you know, stuck around till the bitter end, you know, mm-hmm. but you know there were just lots of things coming in, and even though Jund survived everything that got printed after it, there were no bannings. Right. So what makes you think they're going to turn around and ban a Jace the Mind Sculptor now? Right, especially you know, in... And the third set hasn't even come out when M12 hasn't come out. And especially with all the other bad things that could happen, or the, but the bad things, the the negatives, you know, the strikes against banning a Planeswalker that costs so much money that it's the face of the game, that is, the, you know, the whole idea of banning you don't want to do anyway. So, you know, all those, in light of those... Just shaking up the format, I mean, is that what we're trying to do? A new set will do that. I mean, one card can have a huge effect on a metagame. I'll give you an example. Jace the Mind Sculptor. Oh, that's a pretty good example. So, I mean, the fact is we have a whole set of cards coming out. And any one of those cards could have a huge effect. You know, I mean, look at what Mythic Conscription did out of Rise of the Eldrazi. Look at what Vengevine did out of Rise of the Eldrazi. I mean, it spawned an entire... Kind of deck, you know, Naya Vengevine, Next Level Bant, and those were just right after Rise of the Eldrazi was released. Um, and, and so, and you know, Mythic, obviously, Mythic Conscription being a whole deck that the, uh, I think I called the card Mythic Conscription, in fact. Eldrazi Conscription is what I was <laughs> talking about. Uh, you know, yes, Mythic was already a deck, but Eldrazi Conscription and Sovereigns of Lost Alara were not in that deck. And when those showed up, they made that deck you know, a contender for one of the best decks in the format. They made it a monster, frankly. Absolutely. So uh, the other uh, thing to keep in mind is third sets also tend to be stronger than either of the previous two sets because they're in the format for the least amount of time. Right, and they're like the third act of a story. Exactly. You know what I mean? They're the, they're the conclusion. Like Right, well, I mean, just think <clears throat> they have more freedom to make the card stronger. Look at Rise of the Eldrazi. It's been out not even a year yet, and... You know, the the cards are about to rotate in six months, you know, so right. they're not around for a while. The same kind of goes for uh, for the core sets now that they're only around for however many, what, 15 months. Right. They, they can do that in the core sets as well. So they can print things as powerful as Titans because they aren't around for as long now. They may reprint the Titans. They may reprint Gideon. They may reprint Vengevine for all we know. You know, <laughs> it's, we don't know, but that's irrelevant. My point is that... We have a whole third set coming. Third sets tend to have the most powerful cards. They will have a bigger impact than previous sets. And so if we were looking for a healthy format, there is the a strong likelihood that we'll get a very much more healthy format in just a couple of weeks. And you know what happens after May? June, usually. And then <laughs> M12 comes out in July. <laughs> so we have two months of that whatever format to to get maybe stale and boring 
And then another set will come out and have an impact on the format. So Wizards has these fail-safes already in place. Unfortunately, you know, it looks like Jace is making making for an unhealthy format, but I say Jace... I, I say the format wasn't necessarily unhealthy due to Jace before sort of Feast and Famine. So why is Jace the problem? Right. Yeah, I, I don't. It's, it, yeah, it's it's just funny to me. It's kind of funny just how that's happening. How people are just kind of all of a sudden just going, we should ban Jace. It's like, well, it's because there were eight in the top thirty-two. Like that's suddenly. You know that I'm not not the top 32. There were 32 Jaces in the top eight. I totally transposed those numbers. There were eight Jaces in the top 32. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be a problem at all. <laughs> I suspect like, there were there were less Quag vampires in the top 32. <laughs> yeah, probably probably Sun Titans. Probably about eight copies in the top 32. Yeah, it could I be. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to ban Jace or even really to ban Stoneforge Mystic. In, although I think I, you could make a better argument for that um, because, um, again, what I was saying before was I don't think Jace was a problem before Callblade and Stoneforge Mystic is, I feel, the key to that deck. Because if you take Stoneforge Mystic out of standard, Callblade becomes blue-white control, right? right. It becomes Call-Go. Was Call-Go a problem? I mean, maybe it didn't have a chance to become a problem because Mirrodin Besieged came out. But if Stoneforge Mystic were removed from standard, would Jace be such a problem still? I mean, would would the top eight of Dallas have been four Rug and four Call-Go decks? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess there, there's no telling. We, we, don't, we don't know. But I kind of doubt it. I don't think Blue-White Control was a player in the metagame, but there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yes. So is Rug, so is Valakut, so is Mono Red, so is Vampires. So, you know, there's a ton of decks out there that are players in the metagame that don't run Jace. And uh, just because they even run Jace, again, what's wrong with Rug? Is Rug a problem in the metagame? I don't feel like Rug decks are a big deal. Like, they're around, they're a player, great. They play Jace, is that... I, I, I don't think that's the problem. I feel like the reason the format seems unhealthy is because of Callblade and... I can see a case being made for Stoneforge Mystic being banned over Jace. However, I don't even think that's necessary because we have a whole new set coming out in four or five weeks, and it's a third set that's powerful, and then as soon as that settles, M12 will be coming out, and that will make an impact. And as soon as that settles, Jace will be gone anyway. Right. You know? So it's I feel like there's really no reason... To ban Jace. And it, I just don't think it's likely. Um, yes, we do have to put up with it for the next four weeks or so. Uh, sorry, I don't think that's worth, you know, that, that four weeks is that uh, that important to ban the card, the face of standard, the face of the game, the face of mythic rares, the face of expensive mythic rares. You know, I, I don't think that that's likely or necessary. <laughs> We have a few more minutes. Uh, let's talk about some of the cards that we talked a little bit about last week. Let's revisit some of these spoilers because both you and I have come up with some more ideas and thoughts on some of the cards that we missed or just you know forgot to mention last week. And uh, yeah, just some more thoughts about some of the spoilers. I think because we were trying to hit every card last week, we weren't able to go so in-depth. Right, and I hadn't really like... 
like, I mean, I had read over the, the spoilers, but when we recorded, like, was the first time I'd really, like, analyzed them. You yeah. know what I mean? I was kind of analyzing them on the fly, which, nothing wrong with that. You know, you got to do that in draft, right? Yeah. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you've seen some of the cards beforehand, unless you're the pre-release, so maybe not. Right. But, uh... Um, but first, let's start with a new card, because yes. this actually ties into something that we had mentioned last week, was, are they going to print free instant spells? Because those are always strong, right? That's right. Um, I mean, historically, uh, free spells are good, right? That Sounds seems good to, me. to be an accurate statement. Um, and we were wrong. We were we were kind of ribbing uh, <laughs> whoever it is that types up the spoilers for uh, MTG Salvation. Right, the translations. We were, like, we were ribbing like, the translators a little bit. Yes, yeah, psychological surgery. Or derder, it's probably surgical extraction, but no. Uh, we've had surgical extraction spoiled. Um, surgical extraction actually is a black card. It's an instant. It costs one Phyrexian black. I mean, right. it or it just it just costs Phyrexian black. I think. Right. Yeah. That that, that is apparently the terminology. Uh, according yeah. to Aaron Forsyth on Twitter. Right. Which is what we used last week. So I'm glad. Yeah, we got it right. Awesome. So Phyrexian black can be paid with either black or two life. So for two for two life, you can play this spell for no mana. Choose target card in a graveyard other than a basic land card. So it can target non-basics. Search its owner's graveyard, hand, and library for all cards with the same name as that card and exile them. Then that player shuffles his or her library. And that's the buy a box promo, um, which I think that's an awesome card. I really like that. Right. The artwork, at least on the, the version they spoiled, is Greg Staples, and he's one of my favorite artists. He uh, He's also known for Baneslayer Angel, and uh, he did a Sarah Angel artwork there's a number of those but anyway he uh he's one of my favorite magic artists that artwork is uh, disturbing i love it it is a little disturbing but yes so basically every color now has access to extirpate and it's uh yeah, other than the fact that extirpate has split second and thus can't be countered uh obviously this card can be countered but it is a free spell costs you two life but it's a free extirpate for every color um and Extirpate was this way as well, but uh, but it is notable that you can target a non-basic land, as you pointed out. I think that's big right now, especially because there are a heck of a lot of non-basic lands being played right now. And uh, to be able to get rid of somebody's tectonic edges, I mean, they're counting on that as part of their mana base. And that's a card that goes to the graveyard quite a lot, right? Or um, to get rid of somebody's Valakuts. That's good, too. The, but the, the problem with that is... You need to get Valakut into the graveyard. I'm saying Tectonic Edge goes to the graveyard on its own. Right, but you, you, know you, can, I mean? but you can run Tectonic Edge yourself. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. I, there, there's there. ways to do it. There's just another There's another uh, you know tool that you need to do that. I, I just was trying to point out how easy it is to take out somebody's uh, part of somebody's mana base because a lot of people run for Tectonic Edge and to say, I'm going to take four lands out of your deck, you know, like that. Or that's three lands, good. but yeah. Well, yeah, three lands, right, because they did obviously – Use the one, uh, but uh, that that seems strong. Uh, or, or you can go even before you play your first land. They go turn one, fetch into like a goblin guide or into a step links, and then yeah. you can go end a turn, surgical extraction your fetch land. Right, that's where I was going next. But you you actually uh, took it even further because that how does that how much does that neuter something like Boros? Yeah, they only have two kinds of fetch lands. Yeah. Right? I mean, they time. do play Evolving Wilds, which is, a, again, a weaker fetch land, but it does help. But 
It's a uh, supplement, yeah. You know, sure. And what is it, Terramorphic Expanse? But the that is a good point. That takes away a lot of the the power of that deck uh, to to extirpate somebody's fetch lands. Um, so. Just the fact that you can hit non-basic lands in a format right now that just followed a a block or a half two thirds of a block that was so based around lands, right? Uh, non-basics and I think that's there's there's just a lot of non-basics. Like you said, you can tectonic edge somebody's creeping tar pit and then and then get rid of their their man land. So like you can use tectonic edge alongside this to get rid of a manland or Valakut or, or whatever. So, and that's just lands. We're not even talking, you know, somebody could actually, you could actually manage to kill a Jace the Mind Sculptor and then get rid of him. But um, how do you kill a Jace the Mind Sculptor? Uh, that's, that's the question. Anyway, like you said, buy a box promo. It's a rare. I wonder what the, the price is right. on this. Because of the fact that it's a buy a box promo, there's going to be more in circulation. So th- those kind of cards, and we've talked about this before, I think, if not... If not on the podcast, then I certainly had this discussion uh, on SCG Live with somebody because we were talking about Memoricide and these kinds of cards, Cranial Extraction and Extirpate and things like that where they it, – it's like is Extirpate that good because after you've used it uh, or, or at the point when you can use it, they've already gotten one use out of that particular card that you're Extirpating. Right. So – um. But still, I think it's cool. It's a cool buy a box promo. It's a neat card. The fact that it's free, it, it implies that there are more free Phyrexian mana cards, uh, spells, in the set, which is really exciting to me. And I think it would be awesome if we got a, a Phyresis of Will, as we called it last week, uh, being, you know, some sort of free counterspell. I mean, I, I think... I think they do need to make it hinge on playing blue, though. I think it may be too much to have... Uh, Counterspell in any color. In any color, right. But we'll see. I mean, they did a great job with Force of Will, right? Move, remove a blue card in your hand from the game. So now you're obviously playing blue. So uh, they could do the same thing with Phyresis of Will. Have it exactly as Force of Will, except instead of... Um, maybe instead of paying one life and removing a blue card, you pay a Phyrexian blue and remove a blue card in your hand from the game. So you could pay a blue mana, get a one mana counterspell, and remove a blue card, or pay two life and get a uh, and remove a blue card to uh, to get that counterspell. So that seems kind of cool, but a lot of a lot of implications for that card, I think. But uh, to go back to some of the cards we talked about last week, the big mm-hmm. one was Karn, and I think we some of these interactions we missed some of Absolutely. it. Uh, we just didn't really get to because we were trying to. Hit every card, as I mentioned. Um, Karn the Released, six loyalty Planeswalker for seven mana, Mythic Rare, plus four target player exiles a card from his or her hand. Now, we compared this to Liliana. I, I specifically did. Um, but you can target yourself. Uh, the criticism was, why do you want to pay an extra two mana for get to get Liliana's effect? You know, like, because Liliana only costs five, and she comes down and makes them discard. This is, like, almost the same. But the fact is, you can uh, you can target yourself with this. One of our other criticisms was, oh, well, your opponent will just play around it and discard Mana Leak or Spell Pierce or something. You know, that, that something, some spell that isn't going to be useful when you use Karn's ultimate. Right. So that's one thing. So the second ability, minus three, exile target permanent. Same thing. You, your initial thought, at least our initial thought, was 
oh, it's a Vindicate. It's a seven mana Vindicate, kind of like a Spine of Ishtar. Right? Right. Uh, right. And, but again, the thing is, you can exile one of your own permanents if you want to get it back when Karn goes off, when his ultimate goes off. His ultimate being minus 14, set aside all non-Aura permanent cards, exiled with Karn, then restart the game, then put all cards set aside this way onto the battlefield under your control. So, if you're exiling cards from your hand, basically setting yourself up for Karn's ultimate, you start the game with all those in play. Right. So, that's... Uh, that's reminiscent of Oblivion Stone, I think. That was mm-hmm. what, I, what I was saying, because Oblivion Stone was kind of like a Nevenerals disc that you could uh, kind of decide what what stayed around. You Technically, you'd uh, what you'd usually do is put counters on things that you didn't want to lose. So the Oblivion Stone would kind of sit out for a little bit, and then when you used it, anything that had an Oblivion counter on it would live through the uh, through the destruction. So that's that's an interesting thing with Karn. Now the other kind of cool things um this is what what I was referring to as the Elspeth trick because Elspeth Tyrell what I liked to do with her when I was playing with her was to uh play her, make three guys, gain three life, make three guys, gain three life to, just to go back and forth between her plus ability and her minus ability. In the meantime, you're making guys and gaining life constantly, which just puts you so far ahead and not even worrying about using her ultimate. You could do a similar thing with Karn on the offense and say, I'm not worried about using his ultimate. I'm going to come down and make you discard a card or get rid of a card out of your hand, and then I'm going to exile your best permanent, and then I'm going to make you get rid of a card, and I'm going to exile your permanent, make you get back and forth, you know, uh, make them lose a card every turn, whether it's a permanent or a card out of their hand. Uh, and obviously you can do that in reverse order too if you want to play Karn and exile something from the board first and then make them exile from their hand back and forth just to keep Karn around and keep getting uh, getting a great ability out of them. Yeah. And um, I think uh, that kind of leads to the other point being that when he comes down, he has six loyalty. If you plus four him, he has ten. Who, What aggressive deck is going to want to attack into a, a 10 loyalty planeswalker with the intention of killing it. If you have 10 power worth of creatures, uh, I mean, and you're attacking a planeswalker, that's kind of, you're losing. You're doing something wrong, right? Yeah, the only, the only creature I can think of that could really battle with that is a uh, hex parasite. But uh, guess what? If you have a hex parasite out, it's probably going to get exiled by Karn. <laughs> right. I mean, if, if it's in danger of, uh, of if Karn, if, if a player is playing Karn and the other player has an active Hex Parasite, I think, uh, I don't know, I think there's something wrong there anyway, because couldn't couldn't they just, I mean, they'd have to be, like, tapped out, too, because you'd go Karn, Exile, Hex Parasite, and they say, all right, respond by removing, by, by removing some counters from Karn, and then you just traded your seven mana Planeswalker for a Hex Parasite. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's kind of... That's an interaction, I guess. Sure. I, I think that the one interesting thing about Karn is that both of his abilities protect him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some, some, like, like with Elspeth, you know, the one ability protects Elspeth. You know, mm-hmm. you get the three, the three dudes. And the other ability protects you, your life total, but doesn't protect your planeswalker. Right. At least not um, by much. It only gains her, what, plus what is she even a plus one or a plus two? I can't even remember. It's a plus two, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a plus two. So it protects her in that sense of that put her, puts her a little bit further out of range. Right. But I mean, <laughs> um, 
Karn's abilities protect him big time. You yeah. know, like exile a permanent or plus four him. <laughs> yeah. It's like so yeah, you good. need to add another four power to the board to get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. So he's better than we thought. Still, I don't know if he's as uh, I don't know if he's going to have the impact of something like Jace the Mind Sculptor or Gideon, but he is pretty uh, pretty interesting. Is a little more interesting than we originally had uh, given him credit for. Sure. Um, the other card. Now this is one that we gave a heck of a lot of credit already, but we didn't mention. Um, the other possibility, Phyrexian Canceller is the f- black, 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 5-5 five, five, trample. When a source deals damage to it, the controller of that source sacrifices that many permanents. Um, we talked about attacking with it. I just want to play it as a blocker. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to play it against an aggro deck and say, dare you to attack. You know, I mean, they have to get rid of it somehow. Otherwise, they can't attack into it because they're just going to lose permanents. Right. Know, if uh, assuming, I mean, can you imagine they they're like, fine, I'll attack into it with a, a five five. You know, r- really, like you're going to lose your five five and five other permanents. <laughs> you know, it's kind right. of uh, kind of nuts. And um, so that card, I feel like, is again even more powerful than we had first mentioned. Um, and then we have Hex Parasite. We did talk a little bit about that and uh, about it being good not only against Planeswalkers, but also Tumble Magnet, Everflowing Chalice, Sphere of the Suns, Infect guys that, uh, you know, leave leave your dudes with 1-1 one, one, or minus 1-1 one, minus one counters, um, you know, among other things. So it, it's even more versatile than just against Planeswalkers. We did note that last week, but we wanted to actually bring it up. Um, and then... The last card that I have notes on here that I wanted to revisit was Phyrexian Unlife. Um, with all these Phyrexian mana cards, Phyrexian Unlife is even more attractive because it does give you more resources, right? Because Phyrexian Unlife was the card that we uh, kind of shortcutted it to saying, oh, it just says gain 10 life. You know, what it right. really says is uh, it's an enchantment for a white and two. You don't lose the game for having zero or less life. As long as your life total is zero or less, sources that deal damage to you have infect. So we were kind of like, well, then that just kind of gives you 10 extra life. But the the fact is being able to say, oh, I don't lose for having zero or less life, then in that case I'm going to spend Phyrexian mana like crazy and just pay the two life to get kind of uh, – Basically, I'm ramping my spells into play and playing them for free or cheaper than they otherwise would cost because I don't have to worry about losing when I'm at zero life. Right. People were talking about ad nauseum. Yeah, you um, can pay. Yeah, you can just ad nauseum for unlimited. Right. Okay. So it does work. I thought it was pay life, but it doesn't. It's not pay life. Right. So ad nauseum works really well with Phyrexian on life. Ad nauseum being reveal the top card of your library, put it into your hand, you lose life equal to its converted mana cost. So you can pay black, black three. This is an instant from Shards of Alara, so not in standard, but you can play this and not worry about losing when you hit zero. So yes, you can draw your entire deck if you want pretty crazy but uh any cards that you wanted to talk about any further um i mean i think that we hit all the ones that uh you know we were not exactly on point with um i really love the card um norn's annex 
Yeah. I really like that card. Like, one, I don't it's know. It's kind of like, what, is that propaganda, I think, is that card? Yeah, basically, but, like, I mean, just the fact that it's, you know, you can play it for three colorless, and then you can play it alongside Gideon, and then they're, like, losing life to attack into Gideon. Oh, I love that with Gideon. I didn't even think about that. And with Gideon possibly getting reprinted, most likely, I think, at this point, getting reprinted in, M- in M12. At least some version of Gideon. Like, like, that is just a sick, sick combo. Yeah. You know, I mean, just being like, I pay three mana, your creatures have to attack, and, uh, you know, they have to attack. So they mm-hmm. have to pay two life if they're going to attack or if they don't have white mana, you know? Yeah, that's and really just, cool. Yeah. Oh, it's just nasty. That does seem really nasty. <laughs> wow. Hadn't even thought about that. But, yeah, good point. Good combo. So that, that's just a cool little combo there that I like a lot. Um, not sure if, I it's, think, if it's broken good or anything. I don't, or even, no, like, no. even like build a deck around me good, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, that the, I think that it's a sideboard card, you know, yeah. at best. But I think, like, that combined in the colors with Gideon, you know, coming out of the sideboard against aggro decks, especially non-white aggro decks mm-hmm. with Gideon could just be pretty backbreaking. Yeah. Because Gideon's pretty backbreaking as it is, but then it also adds, it almost adds, uh, functions as a win condition at that point. Yeah, you're right. That's really kind of a neat interaction. Um, I also think it's really interesting that in the past three sets we've had three search an opponent's library cards in black. Praetor's, what is that card? Praetor's Praetor, uh, grip, grip. Surgical Extraction and Memoricide. Like, I, mean, I don't know, like, <laughs> is, could there be some sort of, uh, some sort of deck there, maybe? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. That's, if you can... Oh, what's the one from Zendikar, where if you kick it, uh, you can exile... Uh, Sadistic Sacrament? Yeah, do it. <laughs> Somebody do it. Somebody make the four, uh, the four, uh... Search everybody. Yeah, the, the whole the whole deck is just based around removing their library with black cards. Someone make the mono-black exile your library deck. Go yeah. for it. That's funny. That is kind of crazy, yeah. So, Noyan will do it. He'll try it. He'll try it anyway. You know he's going to. Right. <laughs> Speaking of which, I guess we should uh, give a shout-out to Noyan, who's uh, now on a podcast called Horde of Notions. Yeah, their episode one just went up on MTG Cast. Yeah, that's our buddy. Uh, you heard him on uh, one of our episodes. But uh, Horde of Notions is a, is a podcast about rogue decks um, and stuff like that, which is great and right up Noyan's alley, and I'm sure it'll be entertaining because Noyan's hilarious. Um <laughs> But anyway, he's like the biggest troll. Uh, <laughs> a lot of you might know him if you uh, follow the SCG live feeds whenever me and Joey are, are, are doing them because he's just constantly trolling us and he's the only troll we ever acknowledge yeah. on Twitter. So for upcoming events, we have regional Nats qualifiers coming up this weekend, April 16th. Uh, those are local. Uh, so check your local stores for those. Um, and then next week we have Star City Games Boston, which is April 23rd and 24th. And that same weekend we have GP Kobe, which is extended. So You'll be in Boston. I will be in Boston for SCG Live. So anybody uh, anybody going to Star City Boston, definitely come up and say hello. Um, I think that's everything we have for this week. 
I think so too. I think that uh, I think we hit some good points. Um, it was fun talking about Jace. It really was, yeah. So what's our final? What's our final? Okay, let's let's let's, let's come up with a final verdict here. Um, let's start first of all with our opinion of what we think would happen mm-hmm. and what we want to happen. So first of all, what do you think? Do you think that they will ban Jace? No. I say no. Okay. <laughs> do we think they should ban Jace? No. I say yes, only for selfish reasons. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Do you think they should, or do you want them to? That's two different things. Okay. I don't think they should. No. I want them to because I want to pick some up on the cheap for my legacy deck. <laughs> Without having to wait until the fall. Without having to wait until the fall, because I want to play Team America now, damn it. <laughs> so, right. so there's the final verdict from us on, uh, on Jace the Mind Sculptor. I think they're more likely to ban Stoneforge Mystic, frankly, and I think people will be scratching their heads and Twitter will explode again. <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll be an, an interesting few weeks, and we'll see what happens. So. Yep, definitely. On that note, we are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. Let's see, I'm a tutor of Shriek Moth. Evoke it, then bring back Shriek Moth. All my blockers are dead. You want to beat? No! I gotta wait until my lock is complete. Oh. Can't kill me yet, I understand. You're not quite comfy till you kill all my land. I'll just check out while you recur your whole hand and wait the ten minutes that this one turn is spanned. Yup, you really got me 360 degrees. I guess that's how it goes when you still had all these. I still had all these. Blue White Control was a player in the metagame, but there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yes. So is Rug, so is Valakut, so is Mono Red, so is Vampires. So, you know, there, there's a ton of elves. Uh, elves. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say, think of an elves deck, and uh, I was like, oh, elves isn't that good, so maybe I won't say it. <laughs> and my brain was like, say it, even in the wrong sentence. 